Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Risers and Followers presented by Mojo, part of the brand new Mojo Podcast Network, which we are launching this week. I'm your host, Luke Salk, and I'm joined by the lovely Dalton Kate. How you doing, my boy? Doing good, man. Excited. This is uh, our uh, Mojo uh, recording debut here, so excited to be on for that. The opening animation is amazing. We have a lot of awesome new drops and sound bites for you guys. It's going to be a great, fun little episode here. These episodes are going to be about 15 to 25 minutes long. should be a short, jam-packed full of information and some takes for you guys. It should be pretty fast, entertaining, and fun. Uh, get a little insight into the mojo and how it works, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you so much for checking out the first episode. And let's just uh, jump right into it here with some players that we are buying high. Buying high. All right. My first guy I'm buying high is Falcons rookie wide receiver Drake London. Drake London, the number eight overall pick in the NFL draft, coming in with high expectations in the NFL. I was really impressed with what I saw for him in his NFL debut, led the team in targets or maybe tied to the team in, uh, team lead in targets with Kyle Pitts. And I'm pretty sure he had the most catches on the team and the most receiving yards on the team. Very impressive debut. He gets Jalen Ramsey in week two, but I'm willing to buy high on Drake London. I think that he's in for a huge career. And I also really like him this season. Heading into the year, he was a my guy for fantasy football for me. I think his his career projection is just going, to the, going through the roof um, you know, in the long term. I really like London. I think he's a talented prospect in a great situation to prosper alongside Kyle Pitts. I mean, his share price is only thirteen seventy four right now, according to the screenshot from uh, Wednesday, September fourteenth. Here, uh, Dalton, what do you think about London? Are you in? Oh, absolutely. You ha- you have to be in on Drake London. First game coming out there, everybody's expecting the offense to be bad. Leads a team, ties ties the team in targets, leads the team in receiving yards, and like that was when like supposedly like he wasn't healthy, he was questionable coming in. Great prospect coming right, out. Yeah, he had the knee issue too. You gotta be in on Drake London. He is going to absolutely crush in the NFL. I'm really excited about him. Like even as a rookie too. Like I legitimately think he can, you know, be extremely productive as a rookie and then only get better as his career goes on. So I love that pick. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Man. Let's get into yours. Who you got for me? All right. So I told you I was gonna go with our guy Traylon Burks, which I still love, but I am gonna switch this up and I am gonna go with Justin Jefferson. I want to buy high. Okay on an asset that I already know is good. But I still think there's actual room for improvement. Right now he has 24.66 share price on Mojo. And one thing that was really interesting to me, seeing in the first game, there was obviously a lot of talk coming into the offseason about hiring um, O'Connell from the Rams and using 11 personnel, being more pass-heavy. But one thing they did is they're utilizing him similar to the way that they utilize Cooper Cup. That means they're putting him in motion a ton, creating a lot of mismatches for him. So J.R. Alexander was the top cornerback on the Packers and one of the better cornerbacks in the league. And he gave up exactly zero yards to Jefferson Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. And Justin Jefferson still had 184 yards. And the reason is because they were utilizing him in mismatches against linebackers. Less than 10 targets, by the way. Less than 10 targets. Right? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All over the formation, getting him open against linebackers and safeties. 151 of his 184 yards came against linebackers and safeties. So that's something that's almost like replicatable on a week-to-week basis because you can utilize him, get him those matchups, put him in motion. And once teams start adjusting and start focusing on Thielen, uh, or they start focusing on Jefferson, Thielen and Osborne are going to get some more work, and then naturally it's going to cape back to Justin Jefferson. But we saw it last last year with um, the Rams with Cooper Cup, and there's no reason to think that Justin Jefferson is just a better player than Cooper Cup. And if we look at 
Justin Jefferson's first two years in the league, he he leads all receivers in NFL history in uh, yards for his first two years. So, I mean, he's, he's basically on, like, a Hall of Fame career path right now. And assuming he stays healthy, there's no reason why at the end of his career, like, he, he legitimately is in discussion as one of the best wide receivers of all time. Yeah, the, I've said this a million times on Twitter, but the debate between Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson for their entire career is going to be a really fun one. I, dude, honestly, I would not be mad at all if they teamed up at some point in the future. Imagine that. Oh, man. You got to get yeah. them on the Bengals. You got to get the Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, and then they got to bring back and trade for Terrace Marshall on the low. Get and him Clyde back. Clyde and Clyde 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 old, bring it back. Come over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the whole Coach o, bring Coach O in there. Go Tigers. Bring him in there, yeah, and it'll be all be, good. That'd be amazing. Yeah, Coach O. Hire Coach O as like a senior. <laughs> Just do it. We just want one season like that. Let's let's see if right. we can do that. Right. Yeah, I, I love the Justin Jefferson pick. I mean, that's kind of the definition of buying as somebody high, right? Is you know somebody who is already you know elites, uh, and you know he's going even higher as as we as we think. And again, like you mentioned with the Kevin O'Connell talk, I think it's there's a lot of fire to the smoke there. Like Justin Jefferson himself said in interviews, like you know he watched the Rams play, and he's like. How does Cooper Cup get so open? Like he, he said, like, how does he get so open? And now that I'm in the offensive system, like, I understand it. And it's impressive. I mean, it really is. I mean, he absolutely tortured the Green Bay Packers secondary, which I think is a pretty good defense. Like, they have a good defense this year in Green Bay. And like you mentioned, Jair Alexander gave up zero yards against Justin Jefferson, and he went crazy. I mean, like, he's in for a huge year. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that's a really, really strong uh, buy high. And just to throw in his name out there again, as I mentioned a second ago, Jamar Chase is another really good buy high as well. Uh, you know, kind of a similar thing to Justin Jefferson. He beat Justin Jefferson's rookie record, who's also on his way to another Hall of Fame career projected, right? I'm interested to see if he can beat the two-year total record that you just mentioned a second ago, actually. That'd be, that'll be fun to monitor this season. That will be very interesting. And you know, you know what's super interesting is, is their share price right now is Jamar Chase is $3.54 cheaper. On maybe a maybe good value there. Maybe a little underpriced. Underpriced. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. All right, with all that being said, let's jump into some players that we are selling. Sell, sell, sell. All right, this one I'll let you go first on because I already know we're going to talk about it for a while. By the way, these these sound bites are, are absolutely epic. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> shout out, shout out to the design team and uh, for putting this stuff together because it's it's incredible. Um, all right, so my sell is Damian Pierce. He's at eight dollars and fifty four cents right now. I have a couple concerns with him. I think I think there's there it's a two pronged approach when it comes to Damian Pierce. Is when you're valuing players, you got to value their immediate like current season, and then you also got to value evaluate like you know, how are they going to do the rest of their career? And I think there's questions in both realms. Um, I'll start off with uh, this season. I, th- I think heading into the season, especially like the past couple weeks leading up to the season, when they when they held him out and they announced him as a starter, like it legitimately looked like Damian Pierce was going to be the guy, the workhorse, getting all the, the rushes in that offense. That. There, there, there was a legitimate – I think there is still a legitimate concern about what his receiving role is going to be. Right. Um, but if he did see that receiving role alongside of the rushing work that, you know, it seemed like he was promised, um, then it would have been, like, exciting about this season and getting the chance to prove himself for next year to be that running back of the future for them. But when we saw in his first game, like, even though he did get the start, they were an extremely positive game script for the running the ball. They were up 17 points at one point against the Colts. Uh, the Texans, according to Vegas, heading into the year, had the lowest implied total wins of any of the teams. So they're expecting to be the worst team in the league. So we don't know how many games 
that Damian Pierce is going to be in a situation similar to what we just saw last week. So that was like the perfect situation for Pierce. But yet he only saw 29% of the snaps. Rex Burkhead saw 71%. And Rex Burkhead also dominated him in the receiving game. He ran 25 routes. Damian Pierce only ran five routes. Now, he is a rookie. And we tend to see with rookies, as the season progresses, they do see more work. But specifically for a guy like Damian Pierce, who was a fourth-round pick, we should be somewhat concerned about this. Because the thing is, when teams only are, are investing a fourth-round pick and a running back, they are very easily replaceable, and they don't view them in an extremely positive light. Like James Robinson with Travis Etienne. Exactly. James Robinson, Etienne. We saw it with Michael Carter last year. Like, Michael Carter actually played extremely well. He was... Out of all day three rookie running backs of the past 10 years, Michael Carter was eighth out of 168 in yards in their rookie year. And then they go ahead and they draft the best running back in the draft in Brees Hall next year. Right. So even if Damian Pierce does play well, there is concern about what the Texans are going to do in the offseason for a free agent or to get you know somebody potentially to replace Damian Pierce. And this is, so this right is, now, a, team this is a team with a lot of draft capital. Exactly. They have a lot of draft capital. They're probably going to be picking high. Um, they're going to probably have resources too. They aren't tied to a quarterback that's taking up a lot of their salary. So whether it comes to top free agent, um, there's, there's just going to be a lot of options there for the Texans to kind of do that. And regardless, even if let's say Damon Pierce in a great scenario, like he does like ball out, like there's still like Rick's Burke is still 32 years old. So you still want like some sort of like backup guy to like right. at least like you know so i think i think it's mm -hmm. almost a lock that at some point in the draft next year they're drafting someone and i think it's like likely that it's somebody in the top three rounds and potentially a workhorse too and also next year's draft class is like loaded with like well, it's absolutely loaded like you're a big dynasty you know you know that the next year like it's loaded so people have been talking about the 2023 draft class for fantasy football for like three years now exactly. it's that loaded so and also just, just to play off your damian pierce take with with you know selling I like him this season still. I think this season he has good value. You know, I think he'll will he will, you know, get a bigger role from Rex Burkhead. I mean, he's 32 years old. We've never seen Rex Burkhead be a starting running back in his entire career, pretty much. I think it's gonna lean more Damian Pierce throughout the season. But right now, obviously, I totally get it. Um, but I'm I'm on the sell train for Pierce at its current price because he's being priced like a starting running back for the long term, and that's just not gonna be the case, unfortunately. Unless he goes out there and balls out and absolutely forces the team's hand which is likely not going to happen in a team where there's going to be a lot of turnover over the next few seasons as they continue their rebuild. I totally agree. And with the second he drafts, they draft a running back, the Houston Texans on draft night, his stock is going to plummet. But the live trading feature on Mojo, I mean, that's going to go down at least like 10% if they draft a running back in the fourth round or higher. I mean, come on. It's just, it's pretty simple to see the path here to selling. Absolutely. I like the pick. All right, let's go over to my guy. Put his chart up on the screen here. If you're not watching on YouTube or wherever this bottle we published, and you're just listening to it on streaming platforms, go over to YouTube if you want to see the charts. Cam Akers' chart is down 20.2% uh, as of Wednesday, September 14th on the week. 20% down on the week, down $2.50 following his catastrophe of an NFL Week 1 debut on Thursday Night Football, getting out-touched times six by Daryl Henderson, 18 touches to three. I mean, I'm very concerned about the outlook of Cam Akers. I think his best days are behind him, and he didn't really get to have – a chance to have that many good days, unfortunately. I mean, an Achilles injury is basically destined to her running back's career, especially when you're looking for explosion. And, you know, even after coming off the poor performance, Sean McVay did not have any kind words for the young running back saying that he needs to be more, you know, decisive with his touches. And I don't, I don't have a good feeling at all about Cam Akers. I still think he's pretty overpriced at $10. What do you think? Yeah, no, I tend to agree with you. Cam Akers is going to be one of those guys that, 
the big he's gonna be like probably one of the biggest what ifs for me ever because I was I was I don't know if I could have been more confident in Cam Akers panning out. And then obviously this uh, no, just just as a rookie, like as as a player, oh. like I legitimately thought. Well, I mean, that's different. different, you know. He had yeah. an Achilles tear. You can't really do exactly. anything about oh, it. I, I was exactly. a huge fan of him when he was healthy last season, going into the year before he tore that Achilles. I was a big fan of Cam Akers, but now obviously the whole thing's changed. Yeah, it's 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 so tough to see, and especially like he came back last year, and even though he wasn't like effective, he still got like the workhorse role, right? So right. then heading into this year, you're like okay, well he has like six seven months extra to recover before the season and also like we've never seen an Achilles table like maybe he's an outlier maybe he's just that good to where he can recover from that and then he comes in and just the first game is getting three carries um they were they were actually like there was a report from Schefter like the day ups like watch out for Kyron Williams so I legitimately think Kyron Williams would have gotten involved as well and then Kyron Williams got hurt on a special team. So he didn't get a play. Now Daryl Henderson is the running back there getting 84% of the carries. And what we've noticed a lot with Sean McVay over um, his span as a coach with the Rams is he's just relied on one running back. So it, it, we're almost at a scenario now where we need a, a Henderson injury in order for acres to kind of, you know, take some sort of role. And if he does, like, I do think he, he can get a lot of touches just because that's what, McVay showed last year in the playoffs with him. But again, the question now becomes, is he going to be effective? I have not seen him look anywhere close to what he had in the past. So I think there's a lot of concerns there. And at his price right now, I think it's it's a little inflated um, based on based on those concerns. Yeah, I absolutely agree. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the first episode of Risers and Followers presented by Mojo. I will see you guys live next Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Thank you so much for tuning into the first episode, whether it be on the VOD or through the podcast or on streaming platforms. Dalton, thank you so much for coming on, man. I'll see you guys next week, everybody. Goodbye.